The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In hip-hop circles, the mixtape has long been the audio arena where there are no rules. Pure creativity, no red tape, 100% artistry, and no half-stepping. You may recall a mixtape or two making its way into your music library, but the fact is mixtapes have a lineage that runs much deeper and is more central to hip-hop culture than you may know. From Entertainment Weekly, the mixtape has long offered rappers an outlet to create just for their hardcore fans without the need to please labels or radio. Enter the art behind the mixtape. This book dives deep into the unique culture that's grown up around mixtapes with an emphasis on their artwork, which is often as wildly inspired and rule-breaking as the music itself. Here with us to discuss his book, The Art Behind the Mixtape, we have author and radio personality, the one and only Brill Jai, and co-author and curator, Marshall DJ Mars Thomas. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome to the show, my brothers. How are you doing today? Yeah, man, I'm doing great, man. Excited to talk to you. This is kind of something that's in my wheelhouse. And of course, uh, you have done a a wonderful service to not just the hip hop community, but to all of us in preserving our uh, uh, musical tradition, particularly in this specific uh, genre. So um, I'm really excited to get into it. So first, I want to know, um, we do this on the show, I want to know a little bit about your background and sort of what led you to writing the book. So, uh, Brill, let's start with you. Okay. Well, I'm a radio vet. I've been working here in the radio market here in Atlanta for the last 15 to 20 years now. Uh, I'm a graduate of Clark Atlanta University, and uh, the idea from the book came from my business partner, DJ Mars. He was a idea that he came with, and he really wanted to uh, explore the history behind the market, or behind the tape and the mixtape culture. So that's why how he kind of started. So I'm going to let Mars tell how he generated the ideal itself. All right. So the, the, the idea came from the, the project was, uh, it was a two-pronged idea. First half of the project, we were working on a, the documentary, same title. Um, we wanted to tell the complete story of mixtape game from start to finish. Um, and then as a way to market the documentary, 
we're going to put out the book. Documentary, it was becoming pricey. So we were like, okay, well, we don't have the budget for the film just yet. But instead of letting the idea just just pass, let's put the let's do the book and put the book out. So that's how the book came. The cart became before the horse. So we just 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 decided to put the book out first. And the book grew the legs that it has, and it's been running ever since. But initially, the idea was to put the documentary out and then support the documentary with the book. Gotcha. Okay. Now, for those that don't know, um, you know, Bro mentioned his background as a radio personality. You are an actual DJ, right, Mars? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. So so yeah, for those who might might not be familiar, tell us a little bit about kind of your background because that helps, I think, uh, point us in the direction of where the story comes from as well. Got it. So um, I'm physically based in Atlanta, but literally work all over the globe DJing, um, whether it's a corporate event or it's an, with an artist. I literally have been touring since the uh, mid to late 90s, globally, my current roster includes um, Usher. I just finished the, the 2022 residency in Vegas with Usher for the past several months. Um, last night, I was in Philly with Carrie Hilson. Uh, two days ago, I was in Mexico with Kid Capri. Uh, um, so my, my clients include a lot of the bigger R&B artists here in Atlanta, everybody from Usher and Monica to Carrie Hilson, Sierra, Neil, and Keisha Cole. So uh, my day job is to rock stadiums and arenas with talents like that. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Very impressive. Now, as far as the book is concerned, uh, for folks who are unfamiliar with the book, um, let's say someone wanted to go out and pick up the book today. What can people expect from the book? Mars, we'll, we'll continue with you and then we'll uh, hear from you as well, bro. Got it. Man, it's a really cool coffee table book centered around the history of mixtapes. Um, um, the art behind the tape, we came up with that title because a lot of the focus is the artwork. You know, again, it's a coffee table book, something fun and bright and colorful and vibrant for you to look at it with a bunch of dope anecdotal stories from DJs, designers, rappers, telling the inside scoop on how they got to where they are career-wise. Like, like there's information in it that me and bro, some of us knew, uh, there's some stuff that I knew, some stuff that he didn't know and vice versa. Like, like, you know, who was the first DJ to put a mixtape on a CD? You know, I, I, I want you, I don't even want to give it away. I want you guys to read the book and figure that out. It, um, DJ Drama telling his story um, uh, of how he got in the game. Ron G is telling his story about how he made blend tapes famous, representing Harlem, New York. So it's just a bunch of cool, super cool anecdotal stories that give give you a a look into the timeline of mixtape history that a lot of people just had no idea of DJ a track. One of the, one of the best trick DJs on the planet from Montreal used to travel to New York, to Harlem in particular and get his mixtapes. Um, and this is, this is a white kid from Canada who's globally known, but used to come to New York to get his mixtape fixed. So it's just a really bunch of cool stories 
like that about how the mixtape game was built from scratch, literally, pun intended. So, uh, so yeah, so Brill, I pick up this book, I, you know, read the book. What do I, what do I leave with the book? What do I leave? What do I leave knowing about mixtape culture um, and uh, hip hop culture uh, after reading this book? After reading the book, I, I believe, you know, you will feel that you understand the mixtape culture even more. I think you understand that even though it's not like the, at the mainstream, it, everybody that's been in the hip hop game, is, a DJ game has been connected to the mixtape game because it, it's, it's a promotional tool. The mixtape game is, the mixtape itself is a promotional tool since day one, whether it's been promoting a uh, block party or it's been promoting a DJ or promoting a artist, it's always been about the promotion of the, uh, the mixtape. So I think that you'll learn that the mixtape is really a promotional tool. And even though it's a sub, kind of a subculture of hip hop, it's basically in the mainstream because it's connected to everybody, whether it's a Jay-Z or Nas on a mixtape or it's a uh, DJ blend mixtape. You're going to learn that the mixtape culture is definitely part of the mainstream of hip hop. Right, right. Now, here's something that um, we know about around here uh, is that we, we obviously recognize the importance of telling black stories, um, but we also mm -hmm. realize the challenges when it comes to trying to get our black stories out into the real world. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, talk us through sort of taking this book from the idea stage all the way through to, uh, to, to publication. Um, Brill, let's start with you. Okay, well, initially we started the idea with a book with a Kickstarter campaign. We started with a Kickstarter campaign and told everybody that we know we were going to Focus on a book that's uh, uh, focused on a book that's created the mixtape culture. So we uh, started the campaign, raised up to like five, six thousand dollars for the campaign, and then from there we started the publishing process where we went, we went in, did the uh, did the interviews. Well, we had interviews. A lot of interviews were on tape, and we had to convert them from tape to, um, to audio, from audio to print. So that was a challenge within itself, right there, going from tape to audio to print as well as getting more interviews on top of that. So the book itself has 90 interviews from DJs, hip hop artists, retailers, designers itself. So that was the main process right there when it comes to creating the book from, from uh, start to publish. Mars, any, any challenges that you bumped into along the way of getting the book into the real world? Yeah. Um, uh, initially I had, I was going to go the traditional route, take okay. the idea to a public, house and let them publish it um and i remember i sat down with this agent in new york all the way to new york sat down with this agent in new york and and gave him the speech you know gave him the elevator pitch on why i felt like this book was important he didn't get it. um his idea he was like nobody really cares about this is someone telling <laughs> telling the dj nobody really cares about the history of mixtapes that's not interesting why don't you do a, a book on how to DJ, like uh, DJing for dummies? And I said to myself, like, that's not cool, bro. Like, that book yeah. isn't cool. <laughs> I, I can't go back to the street with a DJ Mars DJing for dummies. Now, yeah. it probably would have worked, like, you know, but it just didn't sound cool. It didn't sound like what I wanted to do. So I didn't do it. Right. Um, I came back and I said, bro, look, this is what we're going to do. You get on the computer. I'll get on the computer. We're going to find out how to publish this book on our own. So between the both of us and our other partners, we found we, we all came back to the table 
with a list of publishers. I found, just like most American companies, um, I found that the printing process was cheaper if you printed the book overseas. Now, the problem with that is you print it overseas, it could sit on a boat for six to eight to 12 months. You really had no control as to when the book was going to arrive here in the States. So that was, that was a problem that we had in that direction. So we ended up finding this printing company in, in Ohio. And my speech to them was, hey, listen, I know you guys, I'm making up a number because I don't remember the exact number. I know you guys are going to charge us, you're trying to charge us $20 per book. We can't afford that. But we want to do business with you. You're in America. We're in America. We're Americans. How can we do this book together? So I said, if, 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 if we can't come to an agreement at a number that I can afford, I, I, ha- I absolutely have to take my money overseas because we can't afford it. So long conversations with the agent uh, um, in Ohio, and we got to a number that made sense for both parties. Um, and then really doing that process, it taught me about business and, and how and why some opportunities go overseas. We just happened to be able to come to, come to an agreement with this company in, in Ohio. Uh, me and Brill sent them the files. We paid for it. And I don't know, let's say two weeks later, we had a pallet of books arrive at my house. It, it was incredible because we got to see, we literally saw our dream start from just a conversation in my living room to now there's a pallet of, of a thousand plus books sitting, you know, in my driveway. It was super cool. So the, the business roadblocks, we were able to get around them, but they definitely did exist. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Getting back to, to mixtape culture. So I'm somebody that, you know, I'm a DJ myself and I grew up listening to, to mixtapes, you know, from the, the mid to late nineties on through to today. So the, the Clinton Sparks get familiar series, the DJ on points, you know, even earlier stuff, you know, the DJ envies the DJ clue tapes, um, you know, all of these things are well-documented all the way up to drama. I remember dramas, uh, drama, if you will, with him getting raided, uh, and, and all that stuff, you know, and, and him getting, um, through all the red tape, in the industry, getting artists through through the red tape and that cosign meaning something not just to the artist but to the industry. Um, so mm-hmm. I know full well exactly right. how important mixtapes were and are to the culture. Um, so this uh, I f- I discovered was the first book in its field. So I guess I should ask, why do you think it took until this book for this story to come together? Mm. I can I can I can answer that one. Books are hard to write. <laughs> First okay. of all, right. like I mean that that's the simple answer. Books are hard to write. It took a long time. Brill alluded to it earlier. You know, we had some interviews on cassette tape um, that that was just sitting around. So not only not only do you have to know what to look for in terms of information, you have to have access to the DJs. And and get them to to tell their story. Um, the very first interview, the first set of interviews, it was with I interviewed Capri, then Brucey e. B, and then 
Brucey B put me on to DJ Hollywood, right? Once I got the DJ Hollywood interview, I, I, I literally, I told bro, we can do this book, whether we get another interview or not, because, right. because I felt like we had the, the Holy Trinity. Um, so then, so it, it's not only knowing who to get, it's having access to that person. Mm. So me having a, a relationship with, with Capri and Brucey B led to the interview with Hollywood. Then I can say to someone else, hey, we just interviewed Hollywood, Capri and Bruce. They're, they're not going to say no because it's like, damn, do I want to miss out on this opportunity? Um, being that it, it, it's a, you know, it's not like, it's not like you put a camera in front of somebody. Yeah, the scheduling and whatnot takes a long time. So generally, I, people probably didn't want to put in that much work. Um, we love the challenge and we, we stood up to the challenge because the, the passion project was bringing this information to the forefront. So if we didn't look at it as a challenge per se, like someone else may have. We just looked at it like this is a project we have to do. Right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink that's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. 
oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink that's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. We are here today with radio veteran and author Rill Njai and co-author and curator Marshall DJ Mars Thomas discussing the book, The Art Behind the Mixtape. Mars, you, you mentioned kind of gathering the, the voices and, um, you know, the firsthand accounts in order to kind of make these significant contributions to the book um, from, mm -hmm. you know, DJ clue um i know and reading the press reading the press materials uh ron ron g's name was in there too and that's a person i'm a i'm a fan right. of uh myself so you mentioned that it was very difficult what was it about that that made it so difficult to 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 do or challenging or complicated 
Um, I, I would say just figuring out, you know, who's important and who's not as important. I, I would rather use that phrase, right? So mm. there's some DJ. There's a million DJs who who make tapes, but were they important enough to fit in the pages of the book? And so me and Brill and, and the rest of our team we were sitting deliberate to figure out, okay, well, what is their piece in history? What did they contribute to the overall thing? So some guys, I, I wish we could have listed every DJ that ever made a tape because clearly they're all significant. So we just had to figure out, okay, we only have 240 pages. Who are we going to put in there and how much of their story are we going to tell? Okay. So some of it, we're going to save, we're going to put some in the book and then we'll save some for the, for the, for the film. So again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a challenge per se, but it was definitely questions that we asked internally. Got you. Got right. You. And, and, and bro, uh, I want to ask you, um, why do you think that this book was important to write? I think it's important to write because I think the mixtape culture has always been looked down as a, like a subculture in hip hop where, okay. you know, it's been used where people use it as a platform to get into the mainstream. But at the same time, people always look at it as kind of like illegal, whether it's, uh, whether it being illegal, or whether it being, you know, kind of a subculture. So I think that us putting it together, making this, making this mixtape Bible, what I like to call it is letting people know that, Hey, the mixtape culture is a prominent part of the hip hop, hip hop culture. And for, the mixtape culture being here this long has been in the game for what over 30 years, just as long as hip hop mm-hmm. that we need to mix it culture because it's changed it's grown and changed over time. But at the same time, it's still part of the culture and is an important entity to the culture, whether it's creating artists, creating DJs or creating, you know, fanfare by somebody. I love it. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with you. I, I, when I, when I, when we got this, uh, interview, uh, on the, on the calendar, I was, I was really excited. As I mentioned, you know, someone who's a, a big fan of the culture and a DJ myself. So um, I appreciate that response. And speaking of response, what is, what has the response been to the book so far? Mars, we'll start with you. Um, people love it. People love it. Uh, they love the fact that I am a working visible DJ who contributed back to the culture um, by creating the, creating the book. Like, I remember when I when I gave Drum the DJ Drama the book, he called me like the next day and was like, "Yo, mm-hmm. yo, this kid Capri story alone." He's like, "Yo, I didn't know this information." So, mm-hmm. so again, because we all live and work in this in our own personal bubble, um, when like Bro called it the Bible, you put the Bible in front of people, enlightening them. There's just story that they just didn't know. Hell, there were stories mm-hmm. within the book that we didn't know until we were doing right. these stories. I think people appreciate the information for a culture that they have all lived through. They, they lived through it, whether they were a fan or they were actually a DJ, actually a DJ that helped create the culture. But they were able, now you're able to see it and say, man, I didn't know that Ron G used to live across the street from the rooftop and sit outside his window listening to Brucey B playing in the paid and full era. Like that's a real story. Like, so the, the ability to flip through these pages and, and read through this history and then look at the artwork that's relative to the history. That's super important. Got you. Brill, uh, that, that pretty much the response you've been getting to. 
Yes, it's been a positive response. I think a combination of the interviews and the stories and the artwork, people have been really like, wow, like, yo, I haven't seen this mixtape in so long. I remember this mixtape. I remember this era of mixtapes or whatever the situation right. may be. So I think that's the main thing that the, the artwork and the stories are kind of like together. It's a great platform that shows the world, the mixtape culture, and show how mixtape culture has grown over the last 30 years. You know, there's something about this that... Um uh, just personally that I appreciate, um, especially when I was uh, younger in high school. So I graduated in 2000. So my high school career was all in the 90s, uh, long before file sharing, before Napster stuff, all that stuff hadn't even come around yet. Right. So um, one of my best friends, his name is uh, Gio, Theo Gio. He's from New York, uh, New Yorkian. Right. So he'd go back to New York, visit family and you know come back to the west coast and he'd bring these mixtapes and those mixtapes is how we got put on to music real early so in terms of like really cementing hip-hop culture as the popular culture um in what many folks consider to be the golden era which is kind of the late 90s early 2000s um when hip-hop was just going from you know making money to really making big money um, and the optics surrounding the genre kind of grew, uh, especially after the deaths of, you know, Tupac and Biggie. Um, there was a lot of sensationalism taking place. And I think that the framework, the web that really helped create and then further cement hip hop culture in the consciousness of this country uh, was based on mixtapes. Mixtapes were the early internet for this culture. And not enough can be said about the impact that it had on my life. And I believe um, how it, I, I believe it did more than, you know, I ever thought at the, in that moment, um, you know, looking back on it, I can see how monumental it was, but um, I, I really do appreciate the fact that you guys took the time to like really get the stories, capture the stories and really um, give give mixtapes the testimony that they deserve because um we are such a creative people um we yeah. always manage to take you know we we can take the worst parts of the animal and make soul food you know what i mean and uh you know, for an industry for an industry that really uh initially wasn't really set up to serve us to to get our more positive stories out there uh, and profit off of it and so forth for us to figure out a way to make it makes sense to make it really matter and to to get around that red tape. I love I love mixtapes. I love the freedom that comes with them. So um, again, I appreciate the fact that you wrote the story and you guys did such a great job as a team. So I, I got to ask, what's next for you? You know, any projects in the works? Anything we got to look forward to? Um, we're still working on trying to get the documentary done. Okay, um, because that was you know that was step number one right. in the in the entire process. Um, you know, film, film, when people watch a film and they watch a, a story, I, I feel like what we, what we want to do with the film is make, make sure the story is the star, right? Um, because there's so many different pieces and some of the angles that you can focus on. You can focus on the Drakes, the Little Waynes, but that may not be the star. The star may be the kid who opened up the first mixtape shop on Canal Street mm. and made sure that the tape got bootlegged so that a DJ from the East Coast, his tape is now in Europe. That's yeah. an important piece of the story that right. we want to tell. Mm -hmm. 
and whatnot. So, it, it, you know, hip hop is like you said, man. We we made soul food out of the worst parts of an animal's body. That's just kind of what we do out of, out of necessity as people from the hood, air quote hood, whatnot. So we want to tell those stories to show that this is this is for real. This is legit. Like artists' career were broke off this. DJs became executives and millionaires off of this underground. I don't even want to call it an underground culture anymore off of this piece of culture that we created in the streets. Love it. I love it. So where can folks get the book? Uh, you know, Brill, if, if I wanted to go in and get the book for my coffee table, uh, how, mm-hmm. how would I go about getting it? You can go to the website, artbehindthetape.com. You can go to the website, artbehindthetape.com. It's 240 pages of mixtape history. It's uh, 90, 90 interviews from DJs, artists, uh, retailers, uh, the designers, people who design actual covers themselves. Uh, some of the great 250 pieces of artwork from back in the day, some of the classic tapes that you used to you know, press and record with to the artwork that we have now nowadays on mixtapes. So I think it's a great piece for everybody. It's also a great piece for the holiday season coming up as well. It's a promotional uh, push right there. But as well as that, it's just a piece, a coffee table piece that I think everybody, every hip hop fan should have in their house. I love it. I love it. And then for folks that want to keep up with you personally, bro, how can how can folks tap in with you on social media, websites, et cetera? Okay. Definitely. You can follow me at uh, Brill Enjai 2.0. That's B-R-I-L-N-D-I-A-Y-E 2.0. And you can also follow the page for the Art Behind the Tape as well. It's Art Behind Tape on Instagram as well. So just follow that page at our behind tape. And my personal one is Brill Enjai 2.0, B-R-I-L-N-D-I-A-Y-E 2.0. All right. And Mars, I need the same from you, man. How do we tap in? Oh, man, you could hit me on Instagram, DJ Mars 404. That's DJ M-A-R-S 404. Lock in and rock, man. We appreciate this interview, bro, for real. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We do appreciate it, man. I got you. And then once again, it's R behind tape, R behind the tape, behind the tape.com. Okay, perfect. That's what we need. All right. So thank you both very much for coming on uh, and sharing your story. And of course, sharing your book uh, and your valuable contribution to hip hop culture. Once again, today's guests are radio veteran and co-author of the art behind the mixtape, Brill and Jai and co-author and curator, Marshall DJ Mars Thomas. Thank you, my guy. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate it. I got you. And before we go, I'll leave you with this. The art behind the mixtape contains 240 pages of classic mixtape covers and 90 in-depth interviews by DJs, artists, record company executives, and tastemakers spanning four decades of hip-hop history. For those of us who espouse the culture of hip-hop, there is no more valuable gem. To know our history, how we have impacted the world through music, and how we did and still tell our own stories illustrates the resilience of our people and centers a narrative that will not be denied. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network daily podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. 
BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.